Welcome to Danny Houlihan's Irish Experience Podcast. Join Danny on a journey through the historical island of Ireland, its people and the wild Atlantic way, which is Ireland's last frontier. Experience the music and the culture that makes up the longest coastal driving route in the world. Now, please welcome your host, Danny Houlihan. Welcome to the Wild Atlantic Way, here from the banks of the Shannon River in County Kerry, Ireland. Podcasting from the Bolliv Winnown Studio, Winnown the Shannon, Kunde Kiri. Welcome once more to a journey. A journey back in time to a period now gone, but not forgotten. In this episode, I will take a short journey back into the past as seen in the papers of the time, long, long ago. I get a sense of the developing town of Ballybunion, North Kerry, and its history, scenery, and its people, and its attempt to lay further foundations for one of the country's most famous seaside resorts. The arrival of the Lartigue monorail to Ballybunion brought thousands of visitors to the seaside resort to Ballybunion between the years of 1888 and 1924. This added to the revenue of the area, creating much-needed employment and visitors who enjoyed the Golden Strand of Ballybunnan. This addition to the area added to the exportation by rail to Listowel of butter produced locally at the dairy and other dairy products, including livestock and seaweed for manure. During my ongoing research, it has come to light that on several occasions down through the pages of the town's early history, there were several attempts to put a pier or a landing place into position within the vicinity of the Black Rocks or possibly the Castle Green to develop Ballybunnan as a place to land fish and export goods from the area. If it had been done, this addition would have added an extra dimension to the developing seaside town and its future in tourism in our Kerry. The fact that limestone rock is still available in the area known as the Black Rocks, even to this day, which is a great foundation for a structure. But way back then, in the 1800s, there was a huge outcrop of rock that stretched from the cliffs where the old Protestant church was. This was quarried by several landlords over its lifetime, which was well over a hundred years or so, to such an extent that it was exhausted below high tide level. So placing a pier in that location, that is the Black Rocks or Lake Bui, would mean thousands of tons of material that were removed from the earlier part of the 1800s would have to be put back into position in the latter stages of the 1890s. What other part of the area could be stripped to fill back what was removed for house and road building well over a hundred years of removal? Or was the area chosen not the black rocks, which were stripped off? Or was there another area earmarked by the advancing landlords of the area, the Castle Green, which was an ideal place and elevated above high tide to build a landing place or pier? When the tide is fully in, the rocks surrounding the castle is high enough to withstand a pier or a landing place. 
The landlord did place charges and was quarrying around the ruin and did blow up the outer walls. Was this in preparation? It was related to me years ago by another historian. Locals halted the detonation of the area due to the scenic value of the ruin. There was an attempt by the same landlord many years later to enclose the castle green with the sale of the castle hotel and stop the rights of way which led to litigation and the enclosure being stopped. I have uncovered during my research that a new road into Ballybunham was constructed many years previously which led to the top of the Strand Road opposite the old Protestant church. So cattle could have been brought in from the countryside and transported from pier to boat. Also in position at that time was the Lartigue Mono Railway System, which was only hundreds of metres away from the castle, and ran to an area in the dunes for lime and sand, again owned by the landlord, which is today the famous Ballybunnan Golf Club. So knowing how easy the construction of the Mono Railway System was, a section of rail could have been diverted to the cliff top and then to the pier. This was potentially a good situation financially for the local landlords at that period as the transportation was needed quickly out of the area of sand, lime and stone from the foreshore for the building industry including the boxing of fish and seaweed for manure. Also a dairy was located in the area operated by the landlord producing butter and animal feed as well as a lumber yard. The tradespeople that existed in Ballybunnan at that time had all the expertise in carrying out such daily operations as boxing of fish, barrels were made by local coopers in the area already, as there was a fishery in Ballier. This fishery produced boxes of fish, it has been related up to 50 pounds in weight daily, transported over land in horse and cart in ice wagons to ships in County Cork, then to London to be sold on. It should be noted, also, that wheelwrights, butchers and other trades and accommodation was sited in the town. Everything was in position. One thing missing from the picture was a pier or a landing place. Then, as was seen in the newspapers, on the 12th of March 1892, a pier was proposed. On the 12th of March 1892, Ballybunham was featured by a correspondent in the Kerry Evening Post. Quote, The principal inhabitants of this seaside town are working energetically for the promotion of a pier for fishing purposes. The three divisions that are under the congested districts, right and left of it, the proposed pier will be of the greatest advantage and benefit to those people. They are all of a fishing class, but have only three months of salmon on the cashin. And it is sad to think that they look on daily at foreign boats opposite their shore and that they cannot have the work from the one to the landing place. The quotation goes on to state, The Lartigue Railway goes to the water's edge. This would appear 
will be the greatest possible advantage in sending off fish to the markets of Limerick, Cork and Dublin. Mr Pierce Mahoney, being a local landlord, has shown great interest in the matter, and the favourable reply of the government to his question has given the greatest satisfaction. Unquote. In the report, it clearly states that the British government was favourable. So what happened? Why was the project left aside? Why was it stopped? If so, by whom? And why was the idea promoted in dairy in the first place? Then empty promises? Nothing was implemented. Or why was the landing spot thwarted? By whom? Objectors outside of the town? Jealousy of the success of the place? We shall never know. We move forward many years later, after the deaths of the local landlords, from 1892 to 1918. Then, on the 10th of August 1918, the local newspapers carried the headlines New Pier for Reynard Point, Fishing Industry in Kerry, Dingle Pier Extension, and appearing once more, Ballybunion Landing Place. At a Kerry County Council meeting of the day, the Great Southern Western Railway Amalgamation had, according to newspapers of the time, promised to build a pier at their own cost of £15,000, but had gone back on their word. At that time, they were paying large fees to haul goods overland, and it was costly. In the country at that time, so many areas were now looking for pier developments, such as Reynard Point, Carrasavine, increased accommodation for the fishing industry in Valencia Harbour. Quote, as seen in the newspaper clipping, from the Kellyman dated 10th of August 1918. Expansion for packaging and forwarding of large quantities of fish and importance of securing as far as possible at this time of shortage food supplies that fish should be forwarded without delay or damage to England, unquote. Thus the need for more landing places and piers to augment the plan by the then English government. At this point in the meeting, Ballybunnan is brought up. A Ballybunnan report was read then into the minutes by a J. Boland, who drew the attention to the meeting of, quote, a necessity of a landing place for fish in Ballybunnan, and the secretary read a long report on the matter from the Ballybunnan Improvements Committee. Mr. Mix promised that the CD Board Council would do their best in urging all schemes, unquote. This highlighted the level of commitment that the old Ballybunnan Improvement Committee had for the resort at that time, especially when the country was in a state of unrest with threatened evictions in the town by the landlord during World War I. It should be noted that the wireless station, located on Santal Road, using pioneering arc technology, was in full operation during the war period, and again a pier could have been used by the Royal Navy, who were based at the station at that time. Communication with Canada monitoring coded messages and submarine activity reported daily back to London from Ballybunnan at that time. As we all know, 
the pier that was proposed at the Black Rocks or the Castle Green was never built, and within several years, the Lartigue Mono Railway system would close in 1924, with the loss of many jobs and a downturn in the economy of the area of Ballybunnen and indeed North Kerry and Listowel. The Lartigue Mono Railway was not included in the amalgamation with the Great Southern and Western Railway, thus, it was lost in time, and the idea that was put forward in the late 1880s of a landing place or pier was lost. However, in modern times, a few genuine local enthusiasts have put forward the idea again of a landing place or pier in the resort. So the idea is not far away from the minds of the locals in Ballybunion, who have every right to put infrastructure into Ballybunion for the future, which will enhance and create suitable employment in the area both seasonal and long-term. I hope you have enjoyed this short journey along the cliff-top of Ballybunnan to where a pier should be. Maybe in the future we will have one. But for now, Slán. Bye. Thanks for listening to our show. Through its people, its heritage and its rugged coastline, this is truly Danny Houlihan's Irish experience. Bye for now.